Survivor 46 is here, and so is On Fire, the only official Survivor podcast, and we have a twist this season. The winner of Survivor 45, D. Vyadaris, will be joining us every week. We're going behind the scenes of the biggest moments, the how and the why things happen, and the strategy and analysis you can only get from someone like me, a Survivor winner. Listen to On Fire, the official Survivor podcast, wherever you get your podcast. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Sport. You are listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sports Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. For the next hour, it is West Ham and West Ham only. And you can get in touch tonight. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 7020 558. Well, it is the West Ham Fan Show and we have got your team covered uh, with Churchill Business Insurance. There is so much to come in the next hour. We're going to be talking about that narrow defeat with Arsenal on the weekend and obviously looking towards the game with Wolves as well and maybe can just maybe West Ham build on that performance even though it was a negative even though it was a loss can they take a little bit of what they found at the Emirates and take that into the Wolves game and delighted to say joining us in around 15 minutes time is the legend John Monker for his take on what he's seeing from the team over the past few games well it was 1-0 it was Arsenal at the Emirates a scoreline maybe didn't really reflect uh, what happened in that 90 minutes James but what did you make of uh, the game on the weekend? Well, I didn't get to watch it, Charlie. Um, yeah. Ask the bloke who wasn't there. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't get to watch it. I was out having coffee with my, my son. Um, Fair weather fan. Yeah, I mean, he, he forced me away from it, which is probably the best thing to do, uh, given the current climate of the club. But I, I had the, the club's tweets notifications on my phone, and every two minutes it was like, another chance, another chance, another chance. Mm. I'm like, any minute now we're going to score, it's going to be brilliant. And then the next time I shut my phone, literally the moment I took it out of my pocket, it was Arsenal 1, West Ham 0. And I was like, nah, I'm done with this. But then having having read the reports, looked at the highlights, uh, it's quite clear that we deserve to take something from the game, whether that was all three points or just a point. Um, and I thought it was a very, very good performance. Will, you were there. Um, I mean... It, was it as as good as everyone says it was up until the point where we conceded that very unfortunate goal? Yeah, I mean, I, I it was a little bit different from my perspective because after the Liverpool game, I was very much on Team Moyes when he said, well, you know, everyone can say how well we played and all that sort of stuff, but we still lost and I need points at the moment. 
it was a similar feeling after the Arsenal game, but I think, I mean, I watched the Liverpool game in full as well, but it felt different. I think at the weekend, we were, the better team is, is a strong phrase, but I think we, we deserved it. We should have won the game. That's that We should have won the game. Whether or not we deserved to, Arsenal had more of the ball. We knew they were going to have more of the ball. I think we set up to combat that well. Mikel Antonio is a key part of that because he's so athletic. He can do or should be able to do everything. He can hold the ball up. He can run in behind that on out of which figure I've spoken about before. But the hard facts of it are we should have won that, that game. Mikel Antonio should score twice and Sebastian Haller should check his run when it was two on one with Antonio and Haller against David Luiz, I think. And Haller puts himself behind Luiz and Antonio rather than being able to cut it back and someone's got a free shot on goal, which would have been Haller. And we should have scored goals in that game. And it's frustrating. It was frustrating. But my overriding thing, rather than look at it from through a negative point of view, which me personally and me and James have done a lot of in recent weeks and months, honestly, the heart and desire is back. And, mm. that, and that, I think, is more important than the fact that we missed a few guilt-edged chances. I, I absolutely agree with you. But at the same time, it frustrates me that it's taken up to now where we're just outside the relegation zone on goal difference. We've got a tough run of fixtures ahead. I know that there's we've got a tough run of fixtures, then we've got four or five fixtures that are pretty good. Um, and obviously we've got that big game against Villa on the last day of the season. Why has it taken until now for something to click? But, like, but what do you mean click? What is in, in terms of what? Well, I mean, we're playing, we're playing better football. We're, we're more intent. We're playing more attacking football. We look more likely to score than we ever did this season, up until maybe September, from September up until now. Um, it, you say that the heart's finally back, but what, why was that heart lost? Between It's the frustrating oh, thing no for way. me. And, you know, I mean, I don't want to be that negative because I do, I, I'm with you. Because <laughs> you normally leave that to me. Yeah. <laughs> and I, I do I do genuinely believe that... You've got that your roles to play. We are, <laughs> yeah. And we, we are seeing something... Uh, 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 within the team that you know is quite positive but it's very difficult to take many positives out of that game when we did and I, I was very positive after Liverpool defeat to be fair mm. but like we're, we're a little bit further on the along the line now luckily at the weekend all the results went our way it was good to see Villa uh, get beat 4-0 against Leicester on Monday night because that means that their goal difference is a little bit worse than ours now but I, th- I just think that this is the same squad of players except for Jared Bowen who's come on and he's at the ground running and it's really really good he's made really a real good difference. on the weekend he's re- I mean he's at the post in the first minute at the Emirates and he's, he's made a real difference he, for me he's the difference between whether we stay up or go down um, it's, other than that it's the same squad of players no no but it's a different manager and what's gone on no I'm telling you what's all of a sudden you've got a manager in charge who has got something to lose Pellegrini didn't, did he, by the end of it? And, you know, I was very much pro-Pellegrini for a, a significant part of his reign. But Moyes has got something to work for now. His career is ultimately is on the line, isn't it? Yeah. it, it, it so is. my, my question to you is, if he keeps us up, does he take? Does he then take us into the next two or three years? No, but I... Um, I know he's only got 18 months I think that's a different question, honestly. I'm not just... he's, he's got, at the end of the season, have a year left. Um... Yeah, but that's a different question. You said why what's changed. I think that has changed. Honestly, you've got a manager who's turning up to the training ground every week, going or every day, sorry, going, if I stuff this one up, this is me, I'm done. Pellegrini was however old he was, 
and at the end of his career he'd already had a huge payout from China he'd won the league with Manchester City I think by the end of it he was just like oh, you know what he's got he's Chilean you know he doesn't care he's, he's not from even the continent let alone the I know Moyes is Scottish but you know he, you're still I think from it's the different. continent no 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 yeah well no no <laughs> No, that is, but he's got something to work for, hasn't he? If Moyes noises this one up, what I'm saying is, if Moyes noises this one up, his career's dead, mm. isn't it? And Pellegrini didn't care because it was just one sort of last payout for him. If it had worked out for him, yeah, he'd, happy mm. days, he'd have loved it. But ultimately, he wasn't that bothered, was he? But Moyes actually yeah. does because otherwise yeah. his career's dead. But my dead. worry is, though, in this home stretch, Moyes is not from the continent. So will he, will he understand the team identity moving forward, Will? Because that is a big, big worry. Because Pellegrini didn't get your identity. Will Moyes get it? West Ham are missing a trick. I know, I know, I know Brexit's gone through, but we're still in the same continent. <laughs> David Moyes. From the continent of Scotland, understands the club. Forever blowing bubbles, flower of Scotland, whatever it is, we are talking about. That was such a good answer to that question as well. Well, annoying. You're gutted with yourself, yeah. you? I'm really well, I really myself it down. Yeah. It was actually a great point about David Moyes because you mentioned it. Because the truth of the matter is, whatever happens, if West Ham go down and you say his job's on the line, well, and it is to be fair because he doesn't get another Premier League job after this, does he? Or another job? What other job? No, because. Listen, Listen, like mm. between the last time we worked for us and the time we worked for us now, there were no no clubs, you know, were chomping that we at the know bit to of. get him. He could easily get a championship job. He would he would get he would get work again. Maybe not in the Premier League. He would get work. Yeah. I, I, I'm of the belief that he stays in the job whether we go, stay up or go down. Um, I think th- this is a manager that you know Scottish, so you know <laughs> he, he, he loves his job and he yeah, really he wants to do it. really well. You know, different continent now, isn't it? Um, yeah, it's true, yeah. but he. If we go down, what other manager do you back to to get straight back up? There, there aren't many no. going, um, and unless, unless you go, <laughs> oh, let's go and get Big Sam back. Like, oh, like, I mean, I mean, suddenly we're in a complete different world. You little like, shouts for Warnock, you leave uh, them all exactly. So you keep David Moyes. I mean, what have we got to lose? If we go down playing the style of football we're playing at the moment, then the argument could be, well, you know, the damage was already done before he'd arrived. Uh, I mean, I think he, I think he'll keep the job regardless. But it's then whether he has the ability to then take us beyond if we stay up beyond the I'd, year that he's got left, and then further on. Honestly, mate, you said style of football. Then I don't think the style of football is that much better. The, I generally think the players are trying hard and running around more yeah. and putting themselves in for tackles more but then, and but, caring, which comes from the manager. But it's the, it's the you know he's changed the the formation. He's he's changed the tactics. That it's it's different. It is different. The last three or four games, it has been a lot different. Some would say that okay, we should have done gone out at the start, you know, because we we lost a few games under him earlier on. Pellegrini was playing attacking formations, though, wasn't he? He but, was playing similar formations to Moises. But Haller was always isolated up up top. Now he's not so isolated. Okay, he needs to sort his runs out a little bit because he would have scored at the weekend if he, you know, if he did. But there seems to be something different about how how we're attacking. Yeah, and it's yeah, yeah, because we're running around we're running. more, and and Moyes, yeah, no, it is. And Moyes isn't scared to leave. Thank God, leave Anderson on the bench like he did at the weekend. Which is yeah, which is who good was to see, who yeah. was crying out for him? I know, I know, I had a thing about him before, but who was crying out for him at the weekend? Who, when the team lineup comes out, is going, ah, oh, where's Anderson? It's a joke. No one was saying that anymore because um, Fournell's outstanding at the weekend. Yeah. You you mentioned Jared Bowen a few times. Yeah. Jared Bowen was he was excellent as well. And I just think you've got... You had Mikel Antonio up front playing that 
poor man's on out of its role, i.e. he's playing up front on his own and we need you there because he can do everything. He is more mobile than, than Haller. Haller was good and he was there and he was okay. But Antonio, he'd done so much running at the weekend. And I would, like I said earlier, ultimately we lost the game because Antonio made three poor decisions in the final third that were critical for the game. The the one with Haller, yeah, Haller should check that run. And then if he does that, Antonio's got an easy pass. But Antonio still open his eyes and see that he hasn't done that. He should still check as well, and oh, it's a more difficult ball for him. But you don't just play the ball blind and then go, oh, you should have you should have checked your run. So, yeah, okay, well, we didn't. And the other two, he's got to put those in. There's a header from eight yards, and the one from the corner where he managed to somehow spoon it wide from like three two or three yards. Out, yeah. yeah. But and, and I, and I, I said this as well after the game. It's his running that enables us to have chances in games like that because he pulls defenders out of position even if he doesn't pick up the ball he defenders are worried about him because he is quick and he'll win headers and all that sort of stuff but I do honestly think I know it sounds really simple and it sounds such a base level of football analysis but I just think they're trying harder now and they're committed more and they want to put themselves in for tackles more and because you that was the that was half the problem wasn't it before um, Moyes took over, when it was really going bad under Pellegrini, we were going, what on earth is there to hang on to here mm. about the club? No one's even trying. And Noble mm. said, we're not even doing the hard bits mm. right. Well, you're talking about trying harder. How do you feel then about the Premier League landscape now? Because obviously you are still in that relegation race. You mentioned the goal difference. Villa losing last night was a help. Maybe those teams in and around you aren't showing as much fight as West Ham are. Where do you see this going now, James? Well, I think they are. I mean, I mean... Bournemouth were but unlucky not to come away with something at Anfield, just like we were. Um, they went one new up, and you know they were leading for a little bit like we were at Anfield, you know, uh, and particularly against Liverpool side that were that weren't great. They got um, a decent point against Chelsea the week before as well. Got a decent they played point well. against Chelsea. Yeah. Obviously, Norwich beat beat Leicester the week before, but then Leicester beating Villa. Um, you know, th- there are teams down there that you know are, are a lot worse than we are. Um, which you know is a positive for us, but it's, I'm I'm too worried about us, sort of too busy thinking about other teams and mm. what they're doing. We need to focus on what we're going to do, and we've mm. got a tough run of fixtures coming up. We've got Wolves at home at the weekend, we've got Spurs away the following week. Um, it, it's going to be tough. Uh, I just hope that it gets to the point where you know if we can if we can nick little points in those games, you know bonus points, you know as, as people call them. Then we can go into maybe the last three or four weekends of the season, four points adrift, or four points clear, should I say, uh, and with a little bit of a cushion going into that last game season against Villa. But there are teams down there that I think are that think I think will will slip down and continue slipping. Like, I mean, losing four nil last night for uh, for Villa, that will kick. Uh, no, that'll be a tough tough to, pill to swallow. Yeah, that was a huge blow for them. It is Wolves coming up on the weekend. We're going to be talking to Sam from the Wolves seventy seven podcast all about that game. But first, we're going to be hearing from a legend, and it is John Monker. Love Sports. To the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sports Radio with me, Charlie Hawkins. Joined in the studio with We Are West Ham, Will Pugh and James Jones. And we were just talking about that disappointing defeat at the Emirates on the weekend. West Ham value for a point, maybe even three were the chances that they had and wasted. And you can have your say tonight. Tweet us at Love Sport Radio or call us 0208 7020 558. But a man who knows more about West Ham than maybe a lot of other people do. It is the brilliant, the legend, John. 
John Moncur, who joins us now. John, really good to get you back on the show. Been a while since we spoke. Really frustrating day for the Hammers fans and the team on the weekend. What did you make of it? Yeah, I mean, I didn't see the game live, to be honest with you, but uh, obviously, like, we follow it and I see the highlights. And you're right in saying, like, we had, uh, I think we had the majority of the chances, definitely. Obviously, Arsenal always going to load the possession, but we definitely deserved the result and, and should have won it, I think. Yeah, John, you totally you hit the nail on the head there. I was at the game and it was exactly that. Before the game, you knew that was going to happen, didn't you? You knew Arsenal were going to have a lot of the ball, but we, we had the better chance in the game. After the game, all the Arsenal yeah. players came out and they all admitted that, you know, they weren't necessarily the better team on a day and, and they were they were lucky pretty much to to get anything out of the game, let alone a win. What are your what are your thoughts on you know, because Moyes came out after the Liverpool game, didn't he, and said, Oh I don't care if the performance was good, I need wins at the moment. I, I kind of agreed with him after that game, but at the weekend I had a bit of a change of heart and I thought, actually, you know what? Because I think things were so bad passion and desire wise under Pellegrini that watching him at the weekend, I thought, oh, it was frustrating we didn't get the win or at least a point, but at least there's some heart back which we can build on. What do you, what do you make of all that? Yeah, I think we've turned the corner, to be honest with you. I mean, if you take uh, the last three performances, obviously we, we, we beat Southampton in there, which was a result we desperately needed. But after the Man City game, which you, you look at, they're always going to dominate possession. But we had no threat whatsoever, and you know the mood in the camp was down. Whereas we went to Liverpool and we caused them problems. So I think we've we're learning to, to sort of uh, build a good away structure, if you like, the pattern of play, and, it, and that showed at Arsenal. And I think by sitting back and letting these teams dominate, you you can reserve a bit of energy as long as you'll know what you're doing and you can hit them on the break and get in behind them, which with the likes of Antonio and Bowen now, we can do that. So we've got that threat on the break. And uh, I think, we, as I say, we've turned the corner in performances. And I think that we, uh, I'm a lot more comfortable than I was a month ago, put it that way. Well, John, I'll, uh, I mean, you sort of answered my next question already, I think. But there's been a bit of a change of heart. Um, when we put a poll out on We Are West Ham earlier on, just amongst the fans, about are we staying up now? I think it was seventy-four percent of people said that we were. Is that a, an opinion you share now? You mentioned turning a corner yeah. there. Yeah, I think so. I think that, uh, as I say, with with uh, what worried me uh, particularly before the, you know the Antonio wasn't playing; he was injured, and before uh, Bowen come, I, I think, didn't feel we had any pace at all to stretch defend. You know the defence. So I think it's more. Uh, more optimistic in, in that respect and, and looking at the teams around us I do think we're better than you know obviously the, the likes of Norwich and Bournemouth and even Brighton but as you go and look at what's around you we're better than them you know what I mean so I think with the, the, the little bit of mentality and the confidence that's come back the last three games performance wise you know we, we've obviously got some tough games coming up I mean Wolves is a tough game but we can go and beat Tottenham you know what I mean they're We've done it before. So I think the belief in the squad's there now. And I do think that uh, our defence, you know, to a point looks decent. Uh, and we can, when we can hurt teams. John, what, I mean, what, one of the few uh, sort of highlights over the last sort of four or five weeks has been the emergence of Jeremy Ngakia at right back. 
And I, if if memory serves me correctly, then you you were you were at the club when sort of the club's golden generation were coming through with the likes of Rio yeah. Ferdinand, Joe Cole, and sort of that. I mean, what have you made of the impact that Ngaki has had on the first team? You know, he's kind of he got thrown in at the deep end in those two Liverpool games, but he's kind of kept his place. I think he was quite yeah. lucky with the Fredericks injury. But what have you made of his emergence? And do you, do you see him sort of keeping hold of his spot there at right back? Yeah, I do, without a doubt. I think he's got a lot of, you know, the rawness about him, obviously, but he's got a lot of natural talent. If you look at, you know, he, he eats the ground up, he, he looks good at times going forward. He reminds me a little bit of uh, Wan Bissaka, a little bit, you know, the way totally he's, agree, yeah. he's yeah. leggy and he's, a, and he's a good defender. I, I wouldn't want to, if he was a winger, he, because he's rangy and he's got that, that sort of rawness and that, that uh, sort of length in his, in his limbs really he's hard to get past so I think he's been a real bonus and, and when someone comes in like that it gives the old squad a lift because you think blimey we've got a sign in here for nothing and you know that's what makes the difference you know when you look back because you say I was I was there when they all come through and a little bit like Glenn Johnson Glenn Johnson come in I mean we sold him after 12 games mm. that's yeah. all it was yeah. I think but in them 12 games he proved that he, you know, he had a premiership career, and you know from the third or fourth game that he come in that he's going to be a star, a, a star, you know, an asset to the club. And I, I can see this with this boy. I'm really impressed with him. And you know, when you, it's like the fella that's gone in at Chelsea it gives everyone a lift. An 18 yeah. year old and he's playing like a, you know, a seasoned pro, man of the match twice. The old club, all the senior players think, blimey, like. You look round and you, and you want to be a part of it, and I, and I think we need that West Ham. That's that's you know, all the fans love to see an homegrown player come through. So I'm really excited for him. Yeah, I agree. I think he's you know 19 years old as well, and I think it might, in a strange way, it might benefit him that he's come in at a time where fan focus and media focus has been elsewhere because there's not the there's not the huge intense spotlight on him, is there? Which I think might do him a favour. But one other one other player who's obviously come into the fold via a different uh, method, if you like, is Jared Bowen, a bit of a nippy yeah. with midfielder, what we have seen of him. David Moyes was very careful about easing him in and not throwing him in at the deep end against Liverpool Man City, which, in my personal opinion, was I thought was a very shrewd idea, but he did get a yeah. bit of grief. What's your uh, What have you made of him, and what did you make of that decision from Moyes to just ease him in gently? No, I think David will manage him well, without a doubt. And, you know, that that's the thing. Uh, I've seen a lot of the boys, to be honest with you, because... Uh, I've watched the championship like my son's at Luton, so I've watched him quite a lot in the championship. And uh, he's a very direct, good player. I mean, he, his goal record at that level is superb. And you think, like, can he step up? And I believe he can. I think that what he does, he makes some great runs from deep. And we've, we've seen that in a couple of games. I mean, the game he came on at Liverpool was a fantastic run. And he got in. And he was really unlucky, you know. And the week after, he, he'd done the same thing and chipped the keep and it went in. But that composure as well, he's got in front of goal. I mean, he's a he's obviously a left-footed player playing off the right is his best position, I believe. But he's very, you know, he's tidy on the ball. He gets his head up. But he's a, he's a very direct player. And he gives us, as I said earlier, he gives us that uh, option to stretch the, you know, the, the defenders going the other way. And, and he can finish. John, away from away from the pitch and sort of the the relegation battle that we're in, obviously a lot's been made of the the fans' thoughts about the way the football club's been run at the moment by uh, the powers that be. 
uh, at West Ham and you know there's protests almost every game away games with the black balloons and you know there's more protests being planned with future home games I'm just just interested to hear your thoughts and sort of how the fans are going about that and, and whether you think that they're right in, in looking for something a little bit better in terms of what they've been promised in the past what's been delivered and sort of what they're hoping for in the future do you think that the fans are right in in going about it in this way? Well, I think it's, you know, you can see the, the disappointment, you know, in, in what they're saying. And, and there is some truth behind it, obviously, you know, when you're saying they're being promised something. But the same token, like, we are in an healthy position, you know. I, I wouldn't want to get on here and slaughter the owners because I think, you know, they have, they have put money into the club. And uh, it's a tough one because when the team ain't winning, always, you know, you always direct your frustrations. And I can totally understand the West Ham fans, you know, the disappointment that's there. But I think, as I said before, the thing is now we're in it. It's, hap- it's happening. We've just got to try and help the boys on the team. And I think if we can get behind them as a club uh, and, and get through this year, I still think we're in a great position. You know, I think the club is in an healthy, healthy position. And I do think that, if you give him time, David, and give him some money at the end of the season, we, we could have a real upturn next year. And you mentioned him earlier, but uh, a lot of West Ham fans were, were know all about your son, George. I mean, how's he getting on at Luton? Um, and I know they're in a bit of a struggle at the moment in the Championship, but you know, is he enjoying his football over there? No, not really. He ain't been, <laughs> he ain't been playing, to be honest with you. I think the, uh, the manager ain't started him this year and he's got a set way of playing. Uh, but... He's still in and around it, and he comes on and does well. I mean, when he plays, he does well, but it's been a real frustrating season for him this year because he felt like after he finished the season, scoring goals and doing well and helping him get up, he, he thought he was going to have a real big year. But it happens in football. you just got to knuckle down and, and keep plugging away and keep working hard, and he's always done that. So, you know, things might turn uh, going forward. You never know. Yeah, John, we really appreciate uh, you giving us a little bit of time tonight. Always good to get you on and hear your uh, uh, thoughts. Hopefully we'll get you on at the end of the season when West Ham are celebrating another season in the Premier League and have beaten that relegation fight. John Moncur there, the legend that uh, he is. What did you make of, obviously, what was being said then? It is, you know, we're seeing uh, signs, Will, and we alluded to this earlier on in the show, of positivity now from the team. Yeah, no, I mean, first of all, it's great to have John on. Of all the, you know, we speak to a lot of players on the show and uh, John Moncur, if anyone represents what it means yeah, to support definitely. West Ham and, yeah. and a player that everyone loved. And uh, he's talking about it there, the players that were coming through when he was playing. Yeah. But whilst, you know, everyone loved watching Joe Carl, Frank Lampard and Rio Ferdinand, everyone who was going to Upton Park, as much as they loved that, a fair amount of their ticket money, they were quite happy to spend watching John Moncur come on. <laughs> Absolutely. And, but yeah. but he like, smash one in the top corner and then smash someone else in the top corner. <laughs> but, uh, no, great my, my dad used to have bets with his, uh, with his pals on how quick it get, uh, for him to get booked when he come off the bench. It's great to hear from John. But no, I thought, I mean, he, he's right. He, he mentioned the same thing there. And I, I do agree with him in that there is positivity to to take from the performances recently and for for me when it was really grim and it was on this show week in week out and I was probably the main instigator for that no you the... said keep your feet on the ground after Bournemouth <laughs> it was these lot who were, who were planning their tours <laughs> but that's what I mean it was the it was the general lack of heart and desire and stuff and I think Noble said it a few times this season when it was really bad that mm. that's the bit that should come first quality can come later but if you're not running around in the Premier League you won't win games 
John alluded to it there, and yeah, I, I think he's right. There is that positivity. I mentioned the poll earlier on. Seventy-four percent of the uh, We Are West Ham listeners said the same thing. I think there is that feeling, and I'm the same. I've changed my opinion. I did think we were down, but I, I sort of um, agree with John, and I think we'll be okay. Yeah, I think we'll be okay, but it'll be stressful till the end of the season. Could come down to the wire that game with Aston Villa, but you can take the stress out of managing your business with Churchill. Churchill's standard policy provides one million of public liability cover with access to our 24-7 legal helpline. Not to mention a range of add-ons including cover for your tools, business equipment, personal accident and employer's liability insurance. Visit the public liability page on churchill.com. Love sports. Going all the way in the Europa League because, you know, you've been pretty strong in the Europa League at the moment. Do you think that maybe it might be Nuno and the squad's focus now to go, well, what's more What's more likely, finishing fourth or, or winning the Europa League? Yeah, I think you're right. I think Nuno has his eyes on, on silverware and the easiest way to get into Champions League, I think probably for us, realistically, is to go and win the Europa League. The, the style... European style suits Wolves, um, suits down to the ground. I think we can beat anybody left in that pot. There are going to be a couple of big teams that are going out because of the way that the draws panned out whenever they play the games. I mean, if they actually happen, mm. so we'll just wait and see where that happens. But, and obviously, I think it, it's down to what happens in Manchester City as well because if fifth place opens up as a Champions League spot potentially, then you know it, it, it's it game on, sort it? of makes it even more accessible. Yeah, so. Do I think it'll be overturned? I, I think the Man City will overturn it. I don't think UEFA have a backbone. I think the most corrupt organisation outside of FIFA. So uh, money talks, and we'll we'll see what happens. But it just seems it seems a bit weird that one, and and the fact that I don't think many people saw it coming, and it was a bit out of the blue, is just seems a bit strange to me. But I think if we get a strong finish, you'd take um, fifth place all day long anyway, and European qualification again probably take that it's been a long old season though. I've watched a lot of football this year I think it was the 46th or 47th game uh, <laughs> that we played at the weekend which is just an incredible amount of games to have played by March I mean so, I, um, I, we'll see. I think we're all of us in the studio envy you quite a lot Sam to be honest for that we'd, <laughs> we, we'd love nice that sort to of play moan. That yeah, yeah, yeah. Games, yeah Sam just quickly I know it's not particularly related to the, the West Ham situation but it's something interesting in the news this week related to Wolves about the uh, obviously your game at, you've got Olympiacos next and mm-hmm. I saw them at the Emirates beat Arsenal or knock Arsenal out the other week yeah. and they're, they're a good side they're a capable football team Arsenal as they do had a lot of the ball and Olympiacos hit them well on the counter-attack you know they're unfortunate yeah they deserve to win the game. Your away leg has been it's been played behind closed doors because of the coronavirus. What impact yeah. do you sort of think that will have and what do you rate your chances against Olympiacos even though they knocked Arsenal out? Like I say, I think I, I rate us against anybody left in, in that group. But, and the, the thing is with with coronavirus, and, and I totally get it, and, and I think this is for experts to talk about in terms of travelling fans and stuff, but I think the game should be postponed. I don't think it should be played behind closed doors. I mean, Nuno in his press conference today said that this is an entertainment industry. We're here to entertain fans. If you take the fans away, what is the point? It's just playing football for football's sake. And I think when you've got Inter Milan and Getafe being postponed as well, um, I think it's you need fans to be there and, and watch the game, not not doing it on TV. As, as much as it's great to watch your team playing in Europe and, and you can have to travel all the way to Athens to do it you know there's still going to be a thousand more fans that have bought tickets they're going to still travel out there because they're saying well look we've spent hundreds of pounds on flights and accommodation the government aren't saying 
you can't travel, so we're going to travel. So all you're going to have is a thousand people from Wolverhampton <laughs> in Athens <laughs> rather than inside the ground. So I don't, I don't know what good that does, really. I think if you postpone it and, and work something out with the with travel and, and accommodation and stuff like that, it'd be a way forward. But I think it's a shame that we're getting to the stage now where we're just playing the, playing football to get it out of the way so we can move on to the next season. And wouldn't it be great to just stop all the football now so Liverpool can't win the league? <laughs> <laughs> so, Sam, on to this weekend. Um, it's, I mean, you've had some brilliant results against us since you came up from the Championship like, 18 months yeah. ago. Uh, yeah. Is there is there anything in you that thinks you might be a little bit worried about facing West Ham? A West Ham team with a little bit of form... Uh, looking pretty good over the last few weeks, albeit not really picking up many results. I, to be honest, I'm, I'm always wary of West Ham. I think they're, you know they're, they're a great side. I think they're in a little bit of a false position. Great, might be they pushing seem, it a little bit. <laughs> they are, <laughs> depends how far down my scale is, though. Um, it's always a decent game, and there's always goals in it. And, and fortunately for Wolves, they've managed to score more than West Ham in the last three times I've played them, so that's been really handy. Um, but I think if you asked a Wolves fan what was the best performance so far this season, maybe bar the result against Manchester City, they'd say in, in terms of, of overall performance, it was the game in December at Molyneux where you know ev- everything clicked. We weren't quite full strength because uh, Bolly was out, so Dendonka dropped into the, into the back three. He scored. Uh, Catrone, he got the, the other one. He's not even at the club anymore. So... I think Wolves are going to be stronger this time around with Willie Bolly at the back. I think it's three clean sheets in four uh, since he returned. So, you know, he is a rock at the back and I think he improves every single defence in the Premier League, um, maybe bar Liverpool at the moment, although I do rate him over Gomez and Matip. So, I think there's goals in it, but I think we'll, we'll look at this and go, actually, if you're going to win at Manchester City, if you're going to beat Tottenham away, you need to be winning these games to make them count and um, certainly be looking to do that. And, and I think they can win, but West Ham are scrapping for their lives, aren't they? So, you know, it, it's, was it 27 points at Watford and Bournemouth and West Ham are on at the moment? And mm. goal difference is going to come into play and, mm. and West Ham is slightly better than... Yeah, I don't know. It's all set up to be a, to be a great game. Yeah, it is all set up to be a great game. Both teams need those points for, obviously, what they're trying to achieve this season. On that, what is your score prediction? Uh, 4-1 Wolves. <laughs> oh, well, there you go, so, Sam. Fair play. Fair Ending play. it on. No, uh, nice to speak to you for the last time ever. <laughs> <laughs> Sam, always good to get you on. Sam from Wolves 77 podcast, then. Sam, always good value for his take, not only on Wolves, but obviously with that score prediction at the end, then truly we will never, ever hear or see from him <laughs> again. But always good to get Sam on. But next, no, the part you've been waiting for, it is the return of the West Ham Mystery Players Quiz. Love Sports. You're listening to the West Ham Fan Show on Love Sports radio with me charlie hawkins joined in the studio with we are west ham james jones and will pew what show we have had tonight speaking to legend john monker just hearing from sam from the wall 77 podcast about the game on the weekend and that narrow disappointing frustrating loss to arsenal on the weekend when west ham maybe deservedly uh, should have got more points than they did just before though we turn to our favorite segment of the show the tradition it is the west ham mystery players quiz we have to get your thoughts on the Wolves game. Just quickly for you two, how will it play out and a score prediction? Um, I'm, I think last week I went for a one-all against Arsenal and I feel like we'll do the same. I think Moyes is a bit more 
he's risked it a little he's bit cultured, more. He's from home. a different continent. He is exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, I've, I've got a feeling he'll he'll play on that defensive side of things again, which I think is kind of how we get the best out of our squad. So I think we'll I think we'll nick a point and one all, and I think it will be an okay point. I'll be pretty happy with. I think that's a brilliant point. James. Yeah, I'm looking forward to seeing you know this real Scottish flair style football from from another continent. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I, I I do believe that it's going to be a four-one result the weekend, just like Sam said. But I think West Ham will win it. Oh, hello! <laughs> what a way to dine at four-one Jar- West Ham. Jared Bowen double. Yeah. Mickey Antonio nicking one, oh. and then a Willy Body own goal because he was Sam was bigging up Willy Body. <laughs> yeah, that would yeah. be quite funny, so, wouldn't yeah. it? Take, well, take that all day long. Take that all day long. He's doubling Dan. Well, it can only mean though one thing. Before we get to it, as is normal, will. Where do we stand with the standings and the correct scores? So the mystery player quiz, Charlie, at the moment, after weeks on end of being behind and seemingly with little hope or little future or little or just general little no no hope left in the competition for me, I'm actually ten nine up in game weeks now. Thanks for a sterling comeback from nine six down, I believe. Uh, it's now ten six on game weeks. And the points difference is on a knife edge, 29-28 to me on goal difference. Well, the game weeks and obviously the points both on a knife edge, but I think we should give the listeners some kind of context uh, Context because James is saying that he, he doesn't seem to care much, Will. Are we bit mind games there? Are we yeah, buying I mean, into this? As you know, Charlie, a bit like Quite when... Quite rude. You know, some of the you know Sky Sports get broadcast rights. They have to get pre-match comments from mm. players and managers beforehand. And it's kind of the same with the West Ham quiz. You want pre-match comments and post. James always... <laughs> refusing to say anything mm. before the game it's today. A bit poor form, I thought. Shaken, mm. rattled. Uh, I'm just, you know, I just want to put. Uh, just, I don't can't even get his words out. I don't want to say anything before the game. Okay, I you sound like Mourinho. Yeah. I, I prefer not to speak. I prefer not to speak. I just want to get on with it now and 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 see see what happens. Well, we'll get on with it. We shall. Will is leading ten nine. As always, there are three players, five clues for each player. The clues I always say, but we're not always sure it does happen. Get progressively easier as we go on. If you want to play at home, please do tweet us your answers at Love Sport Radio or text them to oto eight seventy twenty five five eight. It is time for the West Ham. Rogue players, mystery players, quiz. That can only mean one thing. This is tonight's edition. Lads, get ready. James is already red. He is laughing. He is nervous. If you think you know it, then shout out. This is player number one. Clue number one. Played 36 games for West Ham. It's not a time that mm, Will, Will just throws out a random guess. Ended career at Soham Town Rangers in 2016. <laughs> a Premier League winner in 2001. Part of the 2005 playoff winning squad. Teddy Sheringham. Incorrect. Shirt number 30. Shem- oh, no. <laughs> Stupid. I'm going to give you those five clues again. This is player number one. Played 36 games for West Ham. Ended career at Soham Town Rangers in 2016. A Premier League winner in 2001. Part of the 2005 playoff winning squad. Shirt number 30. Tough one. Tough one. Do you want to bank it? Yes. I should know this. Do you want to bank it? Yeah. 
We are going to bank it and move on to player two. The guys are already stumped. If you're listening in, text in those answers. Player number two, clue number one. Made debut for West Ham against Sunderland. Finished career in Italy in 2015. DMNT? Incorrect. Played 13 games for West Ham. Is a current international manager. Scaloni? That is correct. Oh, and it boom. is 1-0 to Will Pugh. And a little ding. <sighs> Points are massive. James, where things the, come Even the from? sound effects oh, are getting better this I week. I never got Woo! dings. I yeah. never got dings. You ain't had none right in about seven weeks. What are you talking <laughs> yeah. about? You, yeah. you, you know? know? You had an eight-game week lead. <laughs> I'm so rattled. Well, well, if you get this, you win tonight. We are moving on to player number three. James's head has rolled off in the studio. Player number three, clue number one, began their football career in 1986. Oh, here we go. Signed for West Ham in 1996. Played only 10 games for West Ham. Appeared in two World Cups. Also played for Spurs in the Premier League. Margas? incorrect yes (laughs) we're back in business also play for Spurs I'm going to give you those five clues again this is player number three began their football career in 1986 signed for West Ham 1996 played only 10 games for West Ham appeared in two World Cups Radichoyu that's incorrect Also played for Tottenham in the Premier League. Oh, it's a tough one, this. Dimitrescu? That is correct. Oh, <gasps> no. <laughs> He's done it's me again. I can't believe it. So it is in-game weeks 11-9, but can Will get the clean sweep tonight? Can it be a whitewash? Can it be 3-0? We go back to player number one. James, obviously in the point standings, you really truly do need this. Player number one, clue number one. 36 games for West Ham. Ended career at Soham Town Rangers 2016. A Premier League winner in 2001. Part of the 2005 playoff winning squad. Shirt number 30. Jonathan Spector. That is incorrect. More clues. Obviously, that title-winning squad was Man United. Was it Raymond van der Howe? It is not. It's oh, a good shout, though, to be fair. I knew it was Man United. Mm. Go on. Initials. Yeah. LC. Oh, Luke Chadwick. That is correct. Oh, and it yeah, is 2-1. James, you needed that and you did save it. But tonight's winner is Will Pugh. And he now has... Unbelievable! Oh, the sound effects are fantastic. Will, if I'm not, if I'm, please correct me if I'm mistaken. But you were three behind and now two in front. Have you won five on the spin? Uh, yeah, I was nine six down, Charlie, on it's game outrageous. weeks, and I'm now eleven nine up. So yeah, five on the spin. Five weeks on the spin. I mean, what what would you suggest, Charlie? If it was you, what would it do to you mentally if you're on the end of those batterings? Because we're still not sure if James Jones is mm. going to give a post-match comment. Dead, dead and buried. Just, just sort of retirement. I think beckons. Really. Even though it's close, you think the the small margin, you, but you think the the, the it's, recent it's close. Form. But mentally, it's you know you, you you've been knocked down. It's a ten eight round. It's five mm. rounds. You're down. It's, it's tough to come back from. I mean, and when you look at James, you know, just very he doesn't look no, 
nervous up. beforehand. Yeah, he doesn't make though, eye he? contact. He's stuttering. He's muttering. It's it's worrying. He's red. I mean, you can't see where those wins are coming from. Are you going to ask him? Because I'm I'm a bit worried too. Yeah. We we move over here at the post match conference of the Rogue Plus Quiz. James Jones, good of you to join us. <laughs> it is, and it nearly was a whitewash. Did save some pride at the end with that brilliant Luke Chadwick. Although you did need extra clues, you are two games down, eleven <laughs> nine. What are you making of it? No, th- Charlie, I think that, you know, yeah, Will's done a really, really good job in, in getting ahead after being so far behind. I've let let the ball slip a little bit, but, mm. you know, I still believe I've got it in me uh, to to come back. But no one speaks about the fantasy league that me and Will are in at the moment. <laughs> oh, it's changing it. <laughs> you're, you're right, they don't. Anyway, no one speaks this. about the fantasy league. No, no one speaks about the other competitions. Mm. The other competition me and Will are in, I'm winning that competition. So... Maybe my focus is on that this season rather than the the, the, the rogue players quiz. I don't is it know. possible, James? Will went away and he obviously worked some things. He brought in a, a new, you know, manager from a different continent. <laughs> <laughs> do you need to do something like that? A little bit of flair to get yeah, yourself if, back if in if this. If Reese could just do like a just a, a pure round of Scottish players <laughs> next week, I might have a chance because you know I know about all the players in that in that continent. So uh, yeah. He knows about all those players. Well, it has been a big week for not only James and Will, it's a bigger week for West Ham with Wolves and then obviously the games that they have. Overall, now that we edge into this final hurdle for you two, Will, you said your mood has changed. You thought West Ham were done. How are you feeling now? You've you've got this little spring in your step. <laughs> we are, are we still sorry, are we on the quiz still? <laughs> no, I've moved it on. I've moved, I've moved it on. Sorry. Press conference over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh no, I I feel good on, on both fronts, to be honest with you. I think um yeah, I, I honestly I do think we'll stay up now. The the weekend really changed my opinion and I think because earlier in the season I didn't think there was anything to build off of. I just thought the the passion was all gone. I thought that we just had a squad of players who would be more than happy. They had no emotional connection to the club. Who'd be more than happy to just go down and pick up another Premier League contract. You know, half the squad go off to Watford, the average ones, because they'll still pick up a Premier League contract at teams like that. And the other half, who think they're better than they are, Anderson, for example, would would go and you know swan off and maybe go back to Italy. Just who don't really care and just put this season as a blip on their CV. But no, I really feel after the the last three performances, to be honest, there's been heart and desire there. And I think as long as you take that into all our remaining games, we've got enough quality to add to that as well. And teams who are beatable to get enough. I don't think it's going to be a spectacular season. I think we might end up finishing between 14th and 16th. But no, pleased. Please, James, you echo that as well. Yeah, I th- I'm a lot more positive than I was maybe four or five weeks ago. Uh, and as Will said, you know, we're, it, it just seems like something's happening. Um, and I, I feel I feel as though that we're going to be all right at the end of the season. But I just know what we're like. Oh, don't say that, James. That was like the kind of the Sorry, signature I'm, I'm, end of I'm the show. So and you've left, it, you've left lo- it on that. After losing another quiz, I feel so deflated. down, deflated, mm. defeatist. I need. I just need to sleep on it. The good news is you've got a week to get back on your A game. Get back in form because we will be back at the same time as we are every Tuesday, seven to eight, right here on the West Ham Fan Show with We Are West Ham, Will Pugh and James Jones. Love Sport. This program was previously broadcast live on Love Sport Radio, so some items may be out of date. For more podcasts or to listen live, visit lovesportradio.com. Sports 
Social Podcast Network.